Hey, everybody, this is Amy Bernier with Being Brave with Amy B, where we have small and large and all size conversations about being brave and what it looks like in different people's lives. So I said we have small and large conversations, but really, these are all large conversations because when you make any intentional decision to do something that brings up fear, brings up, oh, I've never done this before and brings up you stepping into the unknown. That is a big deal. So every stories of everyday bravery help us remember that we are all brave, that we are all connected and that we all have an opportunity from moment to moment to not only give us ourselves compassion, but to give compassion to others. Today, I have Antonio D'Souza on our show. He is writing a book that is all about so many of the different ways that he's been brave. In fact, I think choosing and then following through to write a book in and of itself is one of the bravest things you can do, especially when it's your story and going to all of the different places that you've been and sharing it and and putting it on paper. So everybody, I want you to welcome Antonio and we're going to get this conversation started with the first question that I ask everyone is, Antonio, what is your definition of being brave? Well, first of all, my check one, two. <clears throat> Can everybody hear me? Um, wow, what's my definition of brave? Really good question. Uh, first of all, as well, I want to say you look fabulous. Um, so definition of being brave, I think it's just a case of like uh, feeling the feels and just going for it either way. You know that, you know that moment. I mean, I've got it right now, for example, just and it's really interesting so far as you mentioned about being on our own territory because. Here I am, for example, speaking with you, you know, I've got no experience like doing podcasts and putting myself out there, you know, it's just. You do now. Trip. You do yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> everything that's unraveled so far as my journey is, is been a case I've been grateful for the ideas that bless me, you know, and I've just taken action. I've just followed my, followed my impulse, followed what felt right, you know. Well, I felt like I was growing into and it's it's been scary you know I've had my thought process some of the thought process for example is that I'm making a fool out of myself you know and what's really interesting as well so far as what you mentioned what means being brave is uh believe it or not I used to be very insecure and it's something that I'm still growing into you know so far as you feel the the nerves you know and uh and you live in your mind uh, I had a victim mentality, for example, you know, and I was quite withdrawn and, and I, I had confident issues. I didn't have the best self-esteem. So the minute I started to present myself, especially on Facebook and what have you, you know, and coming on lives and whatnot, it took a great deal of, uh, of bravery, you know. And yeah, and it's just about doing any good it takes uh, and anything your future self can thank you for, really, uh, no matter how courageous, no matter how. And um yeah, just not paying attention um, to what might feel like the inner critique, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so 
it feels like what you're saying is this idea of taking these ideas that are kind of flowing through you and writing them down was was kind of a gift that was was given you and then you got to say all right am I going to do this or am I not going to do this what was do you remember like where you were and what you were doing and kind of like that the day where it kind of hit you did it was it like oh my god I'm writing a book oh my god I'm writing a book like was it something like that or was it more of an unfolding do you mind telling the story of of the idea you've just gave me the heebie-jeebies and and as well I'm thankful for this opportunity because look what a narrative that we're talking about we're talking about bravery we're talking about courage and a lot of that as well comes with dissolving these masks that we wear to just protect mm. us, you know, mm-hmm. to uh, said like, you almost don't want to make a, a fool out of yourself. It just seems like the hardest thing to do to just be vulnerable and be yourself, you know, to just own your story and things just are, you know, things just is. And, and yeah, you've had these experiences and sometimes to just feel like sharing your experiences it just seems hard to be able to because you feel like you might just get judged. Um, and so here's what's to follow. Um, my journey followed this. Uh, I find my journey uh, very interesting. Um, three years ago, uh, the daughter of my mother left me for good reasons as well. I was very reactive. Uh, my emotions were all over the place. For one, I used to take steroids. Uh, I also had a drug problem. And... Um, I've had, I had this ability and this, um, I used to race through the rooftops. And the reason why I used to race through the rooftops is because for as long as I can remember, and it's possibly why I'm so good at articulating myself because mm-hmm. uh, I'll follow. Um, I've always had to be very careful with how I word myself so best to describe how I feel too. And the reasons being is because I've always felt disconnected from everyone. Like um, I was misunderstood. I couldn't, uh, uh, I couldn't connect. I couldn't, uh, uh, there was just no connection basically. It was, it was almost like, um, yeah, but that's your, that's your opinion, you know? Um, but so far as how I felt and how I, how I thought, I was made to feel like I wasn't right to feel and think that way. So as I as I formed into my adolescence and then getting into into relationships, um, perhaps not the healthiest of relationships, you know. I mean, for one, I was very insecure myself and what have you. So I think everybody else was also mirroring mirroring that back to me as well, you know. Mm-hmm. And it didn't help that obviously I had my problems and a lot of the frustrations obviously was just a projection. And uh, the one person I should have been shouting at, uh, shouting at was myself, really. So where I'm going with this is, um, yeah, it's why she left me, you know, and she had every good reason to. And I'm, I'm glad she did as well because it, 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 it formed me into the man that I am today. Mm-hmm. And a lot of anguish so far as, um, you know, being a father and what have you. Now, where I'm leading up to this is um, uh, one thing led to another and uh, I was introduced into spirituality. Um, how, I was, how I was introduced into spirituality was a book by Deepak Chopra. Uh, I can't remember the book, but he used practices such as uh, spiritual law and how by applying spiritual law, it can drastically uh, improve your, your, your way of life. And I found that concept really interesting, really. 
Mm-hmm. And then one thing came to another. I came across Dr. Joe Dispenza becoming supernatural. He came, he made me aware that I was living with a victim mentality. Mm-hmm. At that time, I was, I was going to bed crying the same old tears, waking up throughout the nights, having the same old nightmares, and uh, waking up in the morning with the same old tears. And this went on for days, weeks, and months. Now, <clears throat> my, I still had my drug problem. And uh, I don't mind saying the, the truth. Uh, I used to use drugs to escape, uh, but it formed over the years into a sex addiction. And uh, one particular night, so through through the introduction of Deepak Chopra especially, mm-hmm. uh, through the introduction of Deepak Chopra especially, I then got introduced into his 21-day meditation, uh, which, which I'd done and, and I loved. And I, I think that sparked... Um, it inspired me, you know, and um, yeah, fired and wide, uh, new ways of thinking. Mm-hmm. And with our new way of thinking, I was I was inspired to put up a a, um, a visual board. So I put this visual board up, and uh, and I had it by by the side of my bed. Now the interesting part is I had a gap like that, and I didn't know what to do with this gap, right? So. This is why I find my journey so interesting and how everything just unfolded. It's just, it's, it's, it was like it was written, you know? But, um, <clears throat> so one particular night, this is how it actually went. I, I was induced, you know, I was uh, messing around with narcotics and doing whatever, I, uh, you know, at the time I thought was shameful. And uh, at the end of that night, after, you know, on the having run out, it was a particular experience where I was in a bad place and it's as if my ex was outside with her family and all the neighbours mocking me. We know what you're up to. You should be disgusted with yourself. Mm. I felt inspired. I don't know what happened, but I got up, grabbed a pen and wrote down that I'm writing a, a, writing a book. And I said that I was writing a book influenced by Deepak Chop, um, uh, Eckhart Tulli and uh, Russell Brand, uh, Russ, uh, Echo Tuli for his spiritual uh, uh, guidance, uh, his, his spiritual um, understanding, and Russell Brand for his openness and his charisma. For whatever reason, right? Just an impulse. And the reasons being inside, especially with what I shared so far, is what I felt like. I'm sorry about that. It's my alarm. And my alarm keeps telling me I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I completely forgot about that. Um, and I don't want to press it because if I press it, it's going to cancel the Zoom. So I apologize if that comes back on. But if that comes back on, if you hear that noise, it literally says, I love you. Um, <laughs> I think that's amazing and perfect for right now. A hundred percent. Um, so yeah, I think the, the reason why I was inspired based on what I shared so far was everybody I felt like was outside shaming me. It was this feeling like I was I had a dirty dark secret and that everybody was gossiping about me hearsay. So I felt like I was gonna expose myself. I, I was like, no one is gonna say anything about me that I'm not gonna say about myself. Where mm. it formed from the book that I've just now finished writing, The Lockdown on Self-Love, How to Make Suffering Work for You. So this is how we unfolded. Now, one thing led to another. And uh, uh, I was living at the property where my, my kid's mother had left me. And uh, I was there for a year, but then I felt inspired to downgrade and what have you. I was going to 
getting back into education. I'm a plasterer mm-hmm. by trade. And I was actually going to get into something specialist so far as uh, marble silhouettes and featured walls was concerned. Mm-hmm. I had formed it that I was going to call myself the Mandala Boys. I was going to specialise in mandalas and, uh, and I thought I could. I just wanted to create a niche, really, where I would uh, create mandalas and so on and so forth, for yoga retreat, uh, yoga centres and what have you. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I was inspired. I was inspired, you know, to do something with my life. Now, uh, one thing led to another. I went to downgrade. Uh, the lockdowns happened, uh, 2020, uh, 22, uh, 2020, right? And a uh, lot of coincidence happened from that. Obviously, I was, I was starting to practice spirituality. And uh, if I'm honest with you, a big, part of my, a big part of my spiritual awakening, if you will, my, my uh, initiation was through psychedelics, in particular DMT and ayahuasca. And that completely just shifted my world. It, it, it made me feel unconditional love. And I'd never felt that in my life. And um, I'm going to pause yeah. you. I'm going to pause you just for a second, because I want to make sure that I'm following your story so that uh, <clears throat> I can make sure I'm getting it all. So it sounds like what you're saying is your, um, your daughter's mom left and you were in a ton of pain. And that did your your issues with addiction and things like stem from that or were they already existing? Yeah, already existing. Okay. So you continued on your path, like just in more and more and more anguish and pain. And one night you were on narcotics and you had this like feeling, this sense that everybody that, you know, you'd cared about really was outside like mocking the experiences that you're having, basically shaming you for all of this. And in, in that moment of really suffering, you made a you made a choice and you wrote down that you were going to write a book uh, inspired by Russell, Russell Brandt, Eckhart Tolle, and Deepak Chopra. Is that right? Um, mainly, well, the whole influence with the vision board was Deepak Chopra and uh, okay. yeah, the book. The book was inspired by Russell Brand and uh, Echo Tuli. Yeah. And you have this, you created this vision board, yet there was a gap in it. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. So as you're delving into more spirituality, you're not only like reading books and things, you're doing kind of an internal, ten, internal exploration with the facilitation of psychedelics like ayahuasca and DMT. Is that right? Uh- yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. And it was just so interesting how everything just unfolded, to be honest with you, how everything just came at the right time uh, when I needed it most. And um, and especially, look, I'm by no means promoting uh, psychedelics. What I otherwise have come to understand is plant medicine, especially in a holistic uh, sense. A lot of the reason why as well I felt inspired to, to write after – I mean, I, I had the idea to write, but then it was just one thing led to another, which gave me the power to, to, to take action. And one thing came to another where, obviously, in these experiences that I had with psychedelics, uh, I came to understand that there is no such thing as drugs on war. There's uh, drugs on consciousness, you know, and I came to feel like DMT in particular and, and these holistic approaches, uh, these uh, facilitations so far as the, the use of plant medicine, um, is something uh, that I like to call as a holy grail. It's been suppressed from us 
the, the many benefits. Uh, I, want, I mean, for one for me, it, it made me aware with clear distinction that there is a lot more to this, this life that we can perceive with our five senses. And, um, and then it, it got me to connect us to the reason why I, I suffered from trauma in the first place, you know. And I came to discover that trauma especially comes from uh, a place when we're young, where we lose our authenticity, uh, our, our, our authenticness. And from our authenticness, we, uh, we, we end up conforming. And through conforming, we lose ourselves. And with losing ourselves, we then lose in touch with our gut instinct, our sixth sense. So it's really interesting when you delve into the understanding of our anatomy so far as our energy centers is concerned, which I, for one, thought it was a, a conspiracy, you know. But then I, I, I started to become familiar with it in uh, deeper states of meditation that I do indeed um, have, uh, you know, um, energy centers. And then coming across some other people who, who practice human design, for example, uh, mm-hmm. there's, there's, I don't know if you ever heard of human design. Mm-hmm. But it, yeah, um, fascinating. And like, it's so accurate. It is so, so accurate. accurate. I, I just have the- to tell you that when I first started to learn about chakras and things, um, you know, more than a handful of years ago, I was like, I felt the same way. I was like, what? No, like, I've never heard of this before. And then like the more research you do and the more you kind of like connect in with yourself, you realize like, at least I have like realized that these are, these are really powerful things. And it's just a matter of tuning into your energy, which like you said, is, you know, there's a certain openness and freedom and sensitivity that you need in order to notice the the subtleties of these things. But because of the stories of, you know, you're supposed to do things this way and your life is supposed to look that way, that frequently we follow this, this, this pattern of that's been laid out for us of what our family wants us to do, what our community wants us to do. And so frequently we lose touch of that part of us that like really deeply wants to connect with us because we're so, there's all these layers. We're like, kind of like all covered up with all these other stories. And for me, at least the healing process, quite a bit of it has been questioning those are they true? Is that what I want? And really standing in what feels true for me versus what I thought I was supposed to do or who I was supposed to be. Does that, do you relate to that? Does that connect to you as well? Yeah, deeply, deeply. Yeah. Yeah. So when did you start, you know, pen to paper, I'm doing this and like start taking regular action was did you take regular action or was it like fits and spurts of creativity and and dumping it on the page or what was the writing process like for you well so 2020 came along the lockdown came along and as i mentioned i was going to downgrade i was going to go into a house share and even moving into a house share was a very daunting very scary like who am i moving into with you know who are, who will i be sharing the kitchen with and um mm-hmm. i found a nice ensuite where it was a bedroom had a, a sofa had my own bathroom and shower so that was cool but it was still daunting you know it was a big sure. step going from a, a three-bedroom place to a i love you yeah <laughs> <Just come> along. <laughs> <laughs> i love you <laughs> I love it. Could you hear? Could you hear the alarm? 
No, can't hear it, but I love that you oh. said it. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, so I was I was to yeah, yeah. So look, um the lockdown came along and uh my mom and dad were like, look, just move in with us, right? My sister was here at the time, my brother was here at the time. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to move into a house yet. And it was so scary. Uh, I mean, for me, like, um, you know, on the news, it was like Italy and Spain on the balconies, uh, mm-hmm. the paper and all that. It was like, wow. And so for one, I was moving into a house here and I thought to myself, how am I going to survive? Because I know what I'm like as well. Like, I wouldn't be able to conform and queue up in this and the other without like, just losing my rag, you know? And like... I won't go into it, but uh, I, I are was you never... saying you're hard to live with? <laughs> no, but <laughs> I, 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 I could kind of see through it, and I wasn't prepared to wear a mask because, for me, mm. for one, I know that the, one of the biggest organs on your body is your skin; it breathes. So, whatever, if there was really whatever was going on, regardless if you had that on, and I'm a plasterer as well by trade, yeah? And um, I deal with dust and all sorts, and then masks don't even do nothing to protect me from dust, you know? So I was like, I was already kind of having experiences where I knew have, if I was living by myself and I had to go shopping and I had to deal with everyone else's mentality, that I would snap. And, uh, and so coming to my parents felt so safe because for one, my mom works at a shopping, uh, super, she works at a supermarket. So we had a good here and it was a good decision. It was nice to be family with family. It was nice to feel safe and we're all together. So it was real cool. You know, my sister's here, my brother's here. It was so cool. Um, really interesting as well because at the time I didn't have custody of my daughter as well um I'd uh, I hadn't seen her for several months so I wasn't I wasn't I was in a bad place to be honest with you so it was nice to mm. be with family but anyhow mm-hmm. that's another story um so look uh, again to your question <clears throat> early 2020 uh I then I got out of the laptop and I started writing what is now um the introduction and part of uh, chapter one. <clears throat> but as soon as I knew I would talk about my childhood and I had already strategized what the chapters would be. So uh, chapter one would be about my inner child. And uh, yeah, I did uh, to relive what happened when I was like five years old and then knowing what I would then talk about when I was nine years old and then to understand that I was leading on to then talking about all the madness with the drugs and this and the other and episodes, for example, going into prison, what have you, and then understanding I would then have to revisit all the breakups and and all the heartbreak. I shut the laptop down and I didn't revisit it for a few months. Now, it's really interesting because one night after several months, I got a a random message on, on my inbox through Facebook. I'm checking it out. It was first thing in the morning. I woke up, yada, yada, yada. You know, I checked my thing. You know, I open it up. I'm like, what are you even on? You know, <clears throat> it was just really random. Something about wrestling and whatnot from a woman. But it didn't make sense. So I messaged her. I was like, that was really random. And she was, she then responded. She was like, yeah, I know. Sorry, I was uh, drunk last night. She was like, Kenny, how are you? We haven't, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So, so uh, I was, one thing led to another. She was asking me, you know, what's going on? And and I don't know, I just word vomited. I, I was thinking about writing a book, but 
put that, I shut that down. She was like, oh, that's why I got in touch with you. I'm supposed to connect you with my friend who's a, a mentor. She mentors authors. So Whoa. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it just so happened her name is Intuitive Ali and she specializes in trauma. So I was like, whoa. So I booked a call and one night, obviously, because I live with my parents, I wanted to really just open up. And I was, I start my, my journey starting to open up and allow my vulnerability sh to shine started previous to meeting Ali when I, I decided that the best approach to take was to um, hire <clears throat> a spiritual coach. I just wanted to understand more about shadow work and what have you. So having understood about shadow work, that's why I saw what was going on in the world so far as 2020 was concerned and all the, and all the, and all the lockdowns and masks and this and the other, because I was practicing shadow work. I could see mm -hmm. the, the, metaf the metaphorical sense so far as everyone wearing a mask, because for me, I was like, wow, I'm working on myself in the layers of masks that I have. And little, little do these people know that this is metaphorical. You know, they take off that cloth, cloth, but they're still wearing many layers of, of masks. They present themselves a certain way to to the world. One, a, a different, you know, a different mask to their family members, for example, different layer to to their colleagues. Uh, you know, not wanting to show your true self, not be, uh, not allowing yourself to be vulnerable and show who you really are. And, and that perhaps, you know, we're not doing so well in life. You know well, that. And for anybody that's like not sure. Um, when Antonia is talking about shadow work and please add on anything that you, you feel is really important is what that is, is really kind of like diving into the stories that you might have, the subconscious beliefs that you might have about yourself that is often reflected in your reality. Do we believe that we create our own reality, that the, the experiences that we're having are a reflection of a belief or a part of us that's in pain um, within us. And so this journey of, of shadow work is, <laughs> it's very challenging, at least it has been for me, it's very emotional. And you're really intentionally and with gentleness, compassion and care, um, looking at the different parts of you that have been in pain in the past and allowing those, those parts of you to be seen, heard and felt so that it's, it's this process of integrating more of your, of, of yourself within, because if we have shame or if we have abuse in our past, if we have these stories, things, maybe we don't remember that happened when we were younger so frequently, like we don't remember yet. It's that frightened, scared, you know, shame filled self-judgment piece of us. That's actually, you know, dictating a lot of how we view the world and how we view others and how we view ourselves. And it's kind of like this hidden thing that's really controlling so much of your world. So to dive into shadow work is really, really challenging. But as you move through it, you really become more and more free because these self-judgments and stories of shame are no longer this hidden, dirty secret that is secretly, you know, driving your whole life. Do you agree? Is there anything that I missed? No. That was kind of on the fly. <laughs> Description. That was, 
spot on. Like, uh, what I came to realize is it's an interesting one to wrap your head around so far as... Look, it really your, is. <laughs> your e- yeah, look, your, your ego is literally formed to just protect yourself. And that's what we're doing because I came to find out, but mere, but uh, from the day we are children, look, we are the most useless species here on the planet. And with that, what I mean to say is, it takes us it takes us till the age of like about five years old to be able to just wipe our own asses and even walk. And without what I mean to say, in the animal kingdom with the rest of the species that we cohibit with in, in on this planet, an antelope, for example, from the moment he's born, within about 86 seconds, he's already walking. So with that, that's what I mean to say about we're the most useless species so far as when we're babies. Well, we're but- certainly f- born to be interde- interdependent upon each other and dependent upon each other that's yes. for that's for sure like wow. we, yes. we can't we can't you know come and be wow. born into this world and rely purely on ourselves while animals on the other hand may have the instincts and the physicality mm-hmm. and the and the the resources within them when they're born to to be more self-sufficient but i think you know since baby human babies aren't able to be self-sufficient, they're literally reliant on their mother to, 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 to live, you know, that that requires us to be a species. If you want to like call us the human, the human race is built to work together is to rely on each other, to be there for each other right from the very beginning. And the, Wow, very well put, you know, and this is what I also came to find out, which is so interesting, because from from the day we're born, we need one of three things. We need three things, three things only love, support and comfort. And that never changes. And that's how our ego formed in these layers that we we use to guard and protect ourselves because, you know, we don't want to get hurt, you know, and we never cease to want to love and, and comfort and support. And that's why some of us. You know, we, we hurt because we need that from others. And it's so interesting the way that you put that because I've never seen it that way. And the way you articulated that, it makes it so beautiful because ain't that true? Like we really need one another. We one big human family. Yeah. The way I really try to see the world is, is like there's a, there's a reason for things, you know, mm-hmm. like, there's a reason, you know, we get angry and there's a reason that we, you know, rely on others. Like there's a reason for all of, all of the different expressions of pain and the different expressions of love. And that if we look at a situation or a person or a family, and we ask ourselves, like, how are these people or this person trying to keep themselves safe? Like this has transformed my the way that I've been able to perceive humanity. If somebody's behaving in such a way and I'm kind of like, really? I can ask myself the question, how is this person trying to keep themselves safe? So mm-hmm. if it's like this loud and like explosive thing, it could be, you know, they're protecting themselves from getting, get, letting anybody get close to them because, mm-hmm. well, I'm going to push them away before they push, before they push me away. You know, there's, there's just a, I've learned that there's like a way to, to see and hold the vision of someone's, someone's hurting. And this is their way of trying to keep them safe. I don't know their whole story, but human behavior and even like animal behavior 
relies on, you know, keeping, keeping ourselves alive, keeping ourselves safe. And in so many ways in the human experience, because in most cases, our basic needs are taken care of. So then the safety comes from, and like the, the hypervigilance that can, that can show up in our lives and other people's lives is no longer about like being physically safe. It's about being emotionally safe well, that person hurt my feelings or that person looked at me a certain way or that person like gave me all their work to do and took credit for it. Like, it's all like, oh, did you see that post on Facebook? Like these survival, like these like survival patterns that we have applied to getting our basic needs met, you know, uh, community and shelter and food and all that, all of a sudden we're now taking that level of, I need to survive and applying it to emotional things. Does that make sense? It's, Absolutely. it's like we're act every time somebody sends us an email, we're acting like, you know, a tiger is after us and they're going to eat us. So we need to write something really shitty back, you know, ah, how dare you? Ah, like it's that level, our body, you know, goes into survival mode now around emotional stuff. And we're constantly protecting ourselves from things that like might hurt our feelings or whatever. We just have all these stories. And when I started to notice this, I was like, holy shit, I need to really take a step back and look at myself to see like, where am I acting like a tiger is after me when really like somebody wrote me an email and I got, I got defensive. Like why what's there? Like, like, let's delve into that because I'm pretty sure like nobody gives a shit. Like (laughs) nobody's trying to attack me like a tiger over email. At least I don't think so. (laughs) It hasn't happened yet. (laughs) You know, uh, well, I think I think uh, look, it's beautiful to see that there's many people trying to make a, a huge impact in the world, you know. And I think that's what it's all about. We've got a moral obligation, you know, not just for ourselves, but for our children and our children's children. And um, it's, it's a time for change, you know. We need to we need to take care and uh, and have courtesy. Uh, not for only for now, but for our future, for the welfare of this planet and, and where we're heading, you know. One thing I've come to understand with everything that you've mentioned and it's something that I came to realise for myself, it's like no wonder I'm the way I am and with everything that you described because we're not taught this at school. We're not taught how to process our thoughts. We're not taught how to process our emotions. And so we're just, uh, you know, we, we're born out of our mother and we go from one push to another. We're trying to figure it out. And when this, we, we're stuck on the survival mode, you know? And yeah, it, it feels like the whole world is out to get you. It's not. It's not. It's just, we need to just, we need to, ah, this, this whole, this, the best thing that ever happened in my life was going inward, you know, to stop seeking the, the answers from, from my outside world, you know, seeking validation, you know? And uh, we ought to be seeking that validation on ourselves and, and doing what's right. And look, uh, Michael Jackson had it right, you know, if you want the world to change, look yourself in the mirror. And um, Oh, man, absolutely. Really it, starts, it starts with us. And, and nothing's going to change unless until 
everybody collectively understands the, the the responsibility we all have you know and this is really one of the things that helped me along the way was to really know that i'm responsible for how i conduct myself i'm responsible for how i think i'm responsible for how i feel and i get a choice a choose and uh, it's really interesting that we on the same path where we met so far as uh, the ultimate coach is concerned because for a while i've been playing with this idea which i i wanted to say for the end but uh something that happened for me which was a big shift for me really was uh as if i manifested before my own eyes you know as if i had a twin a twin all of a sudden just manifested and and uh you know we had a we had a good cuddle and uh it's and, and he literally said like look i've got all of life's answers and uh whatever you've got going on right now shall to pass you know but the point being then to be asked these particular questions, you know, how can I be of service to you? Uh, how can I support you? What areas of your life would you like me to improve? How can I help? And most importantly, how can I love you, you know? So coming to understand really that, yeah, <sighs> you know, the most important relationship really is the one with yourself and how you end up ultimately treating yourself is uh is yeah you know so i think some of the element that you mentioned might have mentioned so far as with what's ever going on with the emails is it's what's really you know part of that what's what's the dialogue with yourself because it's most likely frustration you know it's most <laughs> yeah. overwhelmed yeah. You know? i haven't gotten any crazy emails in a long time that's definitely part of my of my past you know uh jobs and stuff but i feel like you mentioned something about you know, taking responsibility and leaving the world a better place for our children and our children's children. How does you saying yes to writing a book, which upon first, you know, deciding to write down at the laptop, ready to write. And then when you kind of like realize like what you had said yes to, like all the different parts, you were like, oh, now I have to write about that age and this age and that age and that age. And you just said, whoa, like, no, that's a little, this is too much. Like, what am I doing? What am I doing? And you close the laptop. How does you continuing, you revisiting and really opening, being willing to open yourself up to heal and look at your trauma? How has this process helped you feel like writing this book is my one of my many contributions towards making this world a better place for our children and our children's children like this I, book I get, uh, yeah can you speak to that at all uh, that's a deep question that's a really really good question um i guess for one i came to realize really that the, the biggest gift uh, you can have an offer is just be of service you know and by being a service as well you just naturally become a, na a magnet really and uh, and by helping yourself wanting to you you are able to help other people i had this download so far as um i don't know if you've seen my videos but so far as uvolve is concerned that was just an idea that came to me and uh, again now, how that formed Uval, for example, was uh, one night I gave myself one of the biggest opportunities at the time, which I'm so thankful for. I literally sat myself down <clears throat> on the table and I said, I'm not moving tonight until I come up with the biggest fantasy I can come up with, the scariest thing I can, I can do. And I think that's how 
with the whole book and everything, it was just a, a, a big play, really, because with the book, the genius of my madness was to understand he was always going to be the the establishment for the found for building the foundations for you, Bob. So that particular night, I, I said, I'm not getting up until uh, until I come up with something. I come up with a plan because I am no way, shape or form carrying on like this for the rest of my life. And I'm not going to my deathbed um, feeling like, uh, you know, like, like I'm a loser. I felt like a loser, you know. I felt like a complete and utter loser, if I'm honest with you. And I, I don't like my job. It's, a, it's very physical. And uh, a lot of contributions happen where, for example, you know, I'm a plasterer by trade. It's very physical. Mm-hmm. And one day, a 70-year-old electrician going around, snip, 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 snip. And there's me sweating, going around like a headless chicken, you know. And I was like, damn, I'm going to survive like at 50, you know. So adding with that, I, I was very inspired with the whole book because it didn't just turn into a, into a bio. It turned into a manuscript for how to live my life. Um, it turned into me wanting to create a philosophy. So anytime I felt like I was, uh, like I was, uh, what's the right word? Um, uh, 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 disaligned, if you will. Uh, you know, like I, like I was going through a rough patch. You just revisit the lessons, really. So uh, um, it's really interesting question, really, because a lot of it just came from a lot of pain, as it is. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. it just came from I. What else? What else? What I was, was going to do with my life? I was even going to do this. It just felt like the most natural thing to confront myself. It felt like the most natural thing to write the book. But then it was as well with the awareness that because I was at a point in my life, this at one point I was fantasizing about how I was going to kill myself. I had this horrible idea of how I'd go about it with a kitchen knife and I could see it vividly. And, um, and so my point being, I came to understand that many people like myself suffer in silence, you know, I haven't got anyone yes. to talk to. I haven't got anyone to talk to. And, um, and, and uh, you know, and what a sad thing to go to sleep each morning hoping you don't, uh, without the awareness, really, mm-hmm. even though you, if you did give the awareness that if you didn't wake up the following morning, it wouldn't be a bad thing, you know, to yeah. wake up in the morning as well. Like, how am I going to survive? How am I going to get so then, Do you feel like the, I, I feel like you're speaking to so many people. You're speaking to so many people who have are, are suffering, have feel in pain, feel like they're the the only one experiencing this pain now. And if others were to know that they were suffering so that that would just like further isolate them away. Like I can't talk about this because then people will leave me. Like I'll really, really be alone. And I already feel so, so alone. Do you feel like writing this book, at least for you, was a t- was a tool for your own healing? Yeah, it's interesting with what you just said as well, because anybody that I did talk to didn't have time for me. So if I hadn't, if I had self-inquired, if I didn't do this, I had no one to turn to. I had no one to turn to. I even went to CBT, CBT. I tried to seek uh, um, uh, health. I, I tried to seek help and I had two options. Uh, well, one or two things happened. One, I was discharged on the first time because they were like, there's nothing wrong with you. You're like sound, your 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 way of life, the way you view yourself is fine. Like you're not crazy enough for help kind of thing, or you're not sad enough for help. Like, is that what, that what it felt like? 
I guess I'm of, of you're too you're too smart to have help. You're too aware uh, to have help. Yeah, maybe. Jeez, maybe. that must maybe have felt because, horrible. Maybe because, maybe because I'm hearty, you know. I understand. I understand. I understand. I've always understood. Like I've always understood, and I guess that's where it, why I felt hurt as well because it was like, how can no one else understand why they? But yeah, and it was either that or or prescriptions, you know. And I wasn't I wasn't willing to take subscriptions. So yeah, uh, really interesting because if I had to, I had to have that conversation with myself. I had to have that heart to heart. I had to come to understand why I was the way I am, why I am who I am, and uh, and also from that as well, I just naturally just wanted to be that guy through my own feelings to just be that guy through my. Um, my example to just make make the world known that I'm available and uh, you know can I just stop you for a second I just want to acknowledge you for the bravery and the tenacity that you kept showing up you kept showing up for yourself even when you felt like when you shared People didn't have the time of day for you. And when you went to get support and services, they're like, no, you've got it together too much in order to have help. You, you were kind of like, from what you're saying, it sounds like you were actually being like forced, but there is no force, right? You chose to be that support for yourself. You chose to be that resource for yourself. You, you tried to reach for things externally and it was like not happening just conflict i can't imagine how much as much as you have talked about having low self-esteem and confidence issues and feeling anguish and suffering there was a part of you that was like no god damn it i'm gonna be here for myself and you did and you wrote this book and you're still here Like so many people, when, you know, they all say like, if you feel suicidal, if you feel like you want to stop doing drugs or whatever they say, reach out, reach out, reach out. And you're, you're like, I am. (laughs) And it wasn't providing you with the support that you needed in that moment. Yet you didn't give up and you became that for yourself. Like, this is amazing. This is absolutely mind blowing that you were able to not give up and give yourself what you needed. Like, holy shit. I just want to say you're so brave. You're trying to make me cry. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm not trying to make you cry, but I think like, as you're talking, it's so easy to be like, you know, I'm telling myself this story. And as you're talking, I'm like, I don't know, like what I would do if I felt alone and you know, like ready to just not be present anymore, not be alive anymore. And I went to different resources and it felt like I was not being given an opportunity to have support, even though for God's sakes, like the world says, if you need help, reach out, you know, and, and having that sense that like people aren't reaching back, but you reach towards yourself. You know, like you, you made that choice. You did that. Nobody did it for you. Nobody could do it for you, but you did it. And I just want to acknowledge you for that. 
because I can't imagine how hard that was, how isolating that felt. And yet you were still there for yourself. Chapter nine in particular. Oh, and then chapter 10, chapter 13, chapter 17 as well. Um, something really interesting happened where I was in fear for a long time, but I wrote it either way. But it's really interesting now because the more I've breathed into it, it's uh, that beautiful paradox that my biggest fear, which turned out to, there were so many moments where I almost just deleted the whole book, even under the guidance of my mentor. Um, because I'm, you know, if one thing I'm, I'm, I'm advocating is, uh, is transparency and the vulnerability is, is real strength. And uh, I just, there's been a lot of times where I even wanted to dilute the stories to make it socially acceptable, to not, yeah. um, to not be, yeah, you know, just to soften it. But then again, I had to breathe into the fact, no, 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 no. Like the truth is a truth. I'm not going to. I'm not going to just, uh, you know, sugarcoat it just because of what other people might think, you know, the truth is the truth. But then again, chapter 17 happened at the end of 2021. And, uh, I, yeah, I, 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 it took courage and strength I didn't even know I had. And with that as well, um, that's what I mean about the beautiful paradox, because if that story wasn't there, you wouldn't have had made the book so powerful because. Well, and like, I remember we first spoke and we connected through the ultimate coach Facebook group. And I was like, who has a being brave story that would like to share. You were the very first person to, to, to reach out to me. And I remember you saying like, you were telling me about what chapter 13 was about and you were like, and now I have to write it down and I'm, this might be the hardest chapter yet. And so congratulations, not only on writing it, but sharing it. And I just really have this solid, solid belief system is that when we say the things that are true uh, for us and for goodness sakes, God, the universe, source, spirit, whatever you want to call it has really asked me recently to stand in that to stand and saying what's true right now. And there is nothing easy about it. There is nothing easy about it. And I believe that when we share from that place, that we're giving everybody that comes across our path, whether they know our story or whether we don't, our, who we be is giving others permission to say what's true for them too. Because I think the hiding, the suppressing, the suppressing the emotions, the isolating, the not feeling like we're part of the crowd, like all of these elements make us feel like who we are and what we're experiencing and what we're feeling is wrong. Sure. When really, when we say the thing, people come out of the woodwork and they're like, thank God you shared your story because I also have had those feelings. I also have had those experiences. And it gives other people permission to be themselves and to share the scary thing that's true for them right now. Because it's even as scary as it is on the other side, when you see that people feel more seen by you, when they want to support you, when they want to appreciate and acknowledge 
you for doing the very, very thing that was like the scariest thing ever, it's, it changes you and it changes the people that interact with you too. So I'm excited for people to read your book and feel seen and heard and understood as they are reading your words and seeing how much it's your truth is also true for them as well. What a gift. So this is my final question. If you were to, in all of your being brave experiences, and I can't wait for everyone to read your book, it just will, will be so supportive and so helpful. And, and like, like you said, a guide, a guide to come back to. If you were to, if you were to plant a seed and you wanted to give a knowing or uh, an understanding in all of your experiences that you now know is true and you wish you had known this like a long time ago, what would you want people to know? What seed would you want to plant within the people that are listening right now? Um, There's a lot of stuff going in my head and I think I want to, I think, I think I feel like this is right. Okay. And it's raw. The one thing promised to us all is death. It's the one thing guaranteed. And with what you said so far as me being a gift, thank you. So are you. So are all of us. We're a gift, you know. This this life we have is a gift. And we take it for granted. Just take it from me. Just don't take it for granted, you know. Um, one day we will be at our deathbed, you know. I'm getting emotional now. One day we will be at our deathbed, you know. We don't want to regret anything. It's bad enough that we've, we make mistakes. And, you know, those mistakes is right because it, 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 it leads us back home to who we really are, you know, and, and makes us stronger and makes us realise where not to go and, and to just take it, you know, just to have build more awareness, you know. Just, uh, just do right by yourself. And like I said earlier on, you know, the most important relationship there will ever be. And most of us seek, you know, relationships from other people. And we want to be loved. We want to be noticed. We want to be seen and heard. Offer that to yourself. You know, just offer that to yourself. And be kind to yourself. Be, see how you talk to yourself. All you have to do is look in the mirror. All you have to do is look in the mirror naked. And you know how you talk to yourself. That's a good start. And build that relationship, heal, form that trust, form that love, form that respect. Set your boundaries. Come up with some rules in life. Own it. Let that sink in, everyone. (laughs) So you have a book coming out very, very soon. How can people that are interested in reading your book and getting to know more about you and your journey, and they're listening to this, you know, podcast or watching this on the YouTube channel, and they're just saying, like, I'm so drawn to who you are and how you show up in the world. And the, the, the bravery that you show is something they feel that they also want to cultivate in themselves. Where can they read your book? Where can they reach out to you because if you are feeling like 
this person is speaking my language. That is an indicator that it is time to get into Antonio de Souza's world and learn more about his journey because it's meant to help you as well. So where can they find you? Uh, <clears throat> I'm on Facebook under Antonio de Souza. Um, you can also find me on Amazon. So I'm publishing on the 8th of uh, April. Um, it's a lockdown on self-love. You can find uh, I've just had my alarm come up again. I love you. Yeah, you can find I love that. you. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, I basically set the alarm to say I love you and I'm I'm living the most amazing life ever. I'm just I've got certain uh, um, alarms that come up just to acknowledge myself, you know. And uh, look, uh, this is the journey that I'm on, you know, learning to love myself. And um, yeah, you can find me on Amazon as from the eighth of April. Uh, just type in the lockdown on self love. How to make suffering work for you? My workout. Then you also can type my name, Antonio D'Souza. I'm on Facebook. Um, I'm also on TikTok. Uh, I believe it's you uh, slash Volve V O L V E uh, with Antonio. Um, I'm not as active there, but I mean to just start being more active there. Um, as soon as the book is published, I'll just I'll look forward to buying the book and highlighting everything, and I'm just gonna sing my heart out, so to speak. Absolutely. Um, yeah, my, but my main platform is uh, on yeah on Facebook, um, and uh, yeah, and if you want the book, it'll be on Amazon. So we will, um, I will put all of your contact information in the show notes, as well as in the, the notes for the YouTube channel. So if you didn't get all of that down right now, everyone, you can find that information there. I just want to say thank you to everyone that's listening. Thank you to Antonio. It's an honor and privilege to be with you today and hear portions of your story. And I can't wait to get your book um, and, and read it and get to know you even, even more. So those of you that are listening, go to Amazon, check out Antonio de Souza's book, uh, Lockdown on Self-Love, and check him out on TikTok, You Evolve with Antonio as yep. well as on Facebook. Um, he's going to be growing and growing and being on podcasts and videos uh, and just expanding his, his really his legacy uh, in the, the days, months, and weeks to come. So I'm excited to see that. Um, for those of you that are interested in supporting the Being Brave with Amy Bernier or Amy B., um, adventure the the mission behind being brave with amy b is to amplify diverse stories of everyday bravery so that we can really see and connect and see really in someone telling of their story how we our own experiences are so connected to each other so that we can have a deeper connection with ourselves uh, more compassion for ourselves as well as others and be on the lookout for the Being Brave with Amy B community that will be growing online. Um, if you'd like to support, there's a Patreon, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, we're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and where else? You can donate, you can buy the course, 
being brave, finding your voice as a leader, and so many more ways to support this podcast. And it is with your support, with your donations, with your uh, likes, your loves, your shares, that this project can expand and expand and expand its, its reach and reach more people through connection, compassion, and community. So until next time, I see you, I believe in you, and I love you. And don't forget to be brave and say yes to you, all the parts of you. Wow. Bye. Bye. Thank you for watching.